This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Mitch LaFawn. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. And I uh, have on the phone the one, the only, Frankie Benelli. Uh, we spoke uh, the day after the news was announced of his pancreatic cancer. And, um, whew. You know, you know what? It, it is going to be a, a little too emotional to do this. So I am just going to uh, defer to Frankie. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here is uh, the one, uh, the only good friend, Frankie Benelli. We are speaking with a drummer, Frankie Benelli. The new album is, of course, Hollywood Cowboys, Quiet Riot. Uh, bonjour, monsieur. Comment allez-vous? How are you? Uh, merci, merci beaucoup. I'm, uh, I'm doing great, you know, all things considered. Yeah, so we are recording this on October 22nd, and yesterday, October 21st, a statement was put out, and how, how did that feel for you to, to, to sort of have that news put out for the public to share and just say, okay, I've been dealing with this since April, but now we're letting the world know? How, how was that? Well, it's been a, a six-month uh, pressure cooker um, because I was diagnosed on April 17th, but I made the conscious decision um, to wait and see how my health situation would play out before I would go public. Um, and I'm grateful uh, to you for allowing me to get the word out, uh, which has reached far and wider than, than anything I could ever have imagined. Um, and it's, and it's, it's, it's been an amazing you know, I mean, the level of, of love and prayers and support and good wishes across the board and just worldwide. I mean, not just on the Internet, but private messages and texts and emails. Um, it's uh, It's been a very humbling experience. Um, I have always appreciated the Quiet Ride fans, but this has taken me to, to an even greater level of appreciation um, uh, for there was a brief audio drop, but let's get right back to Frankie Benelli. Given me my career and that has made it possible for Quiet Riot three plus decades to continue. So it's, it's been um, overwhelming in, in a very positive way. Um, and, it's, and it's also been uh, something that has given me an even greater reason to continue my fight. It really has, and, and I have to say, when the when the statement went up, I expected all the music sites to grab it and, and, and make a story out of it, which happened almost instantaneously. I mean, by, by you know, I put it up at 7.45, and by 7.47, it was on. But when I started seeing Breibart, Fox News, People Magazine, Billboard, Rolling Stone, I just went, you know what, that just goes to show the incredible impact that you and Quiet Riot have had because, you know, I don't think the Sunset Strip really happens if, you, if it wasn't for Quiet Riot on that first album or that, that the, you know, the album. And it was just, it was heartwarming because I was like, okay, yes, Blabber is going to get it. Yes, Brave Words is going to get it. Yes, Ultimate Classic Rock. And, and it's like, okay, that's nice. We're, we're in a little family and it's cool. But when I saw that reach, I was like, wow, that, that, and so I figured that must have been over, very powerful for you to see that Everybody in mainstream and everybody just went, "Hey, we're on this guy's side. We we love this guy." And right, I mean, that must have been overwhelming for you too. Yeah, it's um, uh, and and I'm still not over the effects of it, uh, because it it is so much you know bigger than life. Um, and and again, I'm 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 
incredibly, incredibly grateful uh, for it. It's not something that I take for granted because I didn't expect it. Uh, and it's truly been worldwide. I mean, from from Japan to to Russia and everything in between, uh, I've received all these incredible messages and posts. And uh, and again, you know, I'm, I've I've always fought for everything I've ever gotten in my life. Uh, right now, this is literally uh, a fight for my life. And and seeing all those posts are going to stay with me for as long as I'm fighting uh, this situation I'm involved with. Uh, it really has given me uh, strength to continue to move forward. Yeah, a little strength to move forward. Sorry, the the audio skipped right there. But yeah, give it strength to move forward. Um, but okay, let's let us talk about the the album uh, as well because uh, you know we you do have a new album out and and new music is is important. So let's let's talk about that real quick. Um, this album, a little bit like Road Rage, has sort of a similar story. You recorded it with one singer, and by the time it comes out, we're on to a new singer. So talk to me about some of the similarities in those situations, but also some of the differences. Because with Road Rage, you said, F it, we're going to re-record it with the new guy. And on this one, you went, yeah, no, we're just going to put it out as is. So what are some of the similarities in what happened, and what are the differences? Because the outcomes are different. You know, I, I still stand by my decision to re-record the vocals on Road Rage. Um, that was something that I was not interested in doing again. Um, James uh, waited until after I had delivered the, the masters to the label for release and until after we had finished um, filming the video for In the Blood, which is going to premiere this Friday, uh, October 25th. Uh, but he waited until both of those things had been accomplished before um, he quit. Um, and uh, But I made a conscious decision that just to continue to move forward, I believe in the record, regardless of, uh, of, of the situation of having to change singers again. Um, and, you know, I accepted his decision, and within 24 hours, he had been replaced. Yeah, and, and we brought back Jizzy. But okay, and... I don't know if there's any hurt there or not because he left, but in terms of the vocal performance on the album, how do you sort of stack it up? I mean, James James was obviously very competent. He delivered a great vocal performance on this, did he not? Yeah. Oops. No offense that there's respect to James because he is a great vocalist and he's a great performer. Uh, but I'm only, you know, my mindset is what's best for Quiet Riot, and I'm only interested and working with people that want to be in choir ride. And if they don't, you know, they're, they're free to leave uh, at any time. Just give notice, uh, which is what he did, and he quit. Um, and there were uh, a number of singers that I was going to reach out to that had no pre... And uh, we had one more little drop in the audio. Uh, don't worry, after the first 10 minutes, uh, we hung up the phone with Frankie and we called him back and that solved all the issues. So you've got another couple of minutes where there might be a drop or not, but uh, don't worry... It all got fixed. And now back to Frankie. But before doing that, you know, Jesse Pearl did um, almost three great years with Quiet Riot. I've always liked Jesse. Um, I think he's a phenomenal rock singer. I think he's an incredible onstage performer. Uh, and he's got his own persona and he has his own vocal sound. And I love the way he sings. Um, so before opening the door to an unknown entity, uh, to Quiet Riot, I wanted to reach out to him to see if he might be interested 
uh, and coming back into the ranks of Quiet Riot. Uh, and I was happy that uh, that he was uh, he was willing to come back on board with the band. Um, and that worked out really well for everyone because he's already been there with Quiet Riot, so he knows what to expect. There are no surprises there. Uh, and and the other side of that coin is I know what to expect from Jizzy, uh, and I appreciate. Apologies again. Now back to Frankie. Sound like Kevin Dubrow, nor do I want him to try to sound like Kevin Dubrow. Um, so he's respectful to the legacy uh, and the music that Quiet Riot created uh, before him, but he also puts his own stamp on it, uh, as does Alex with his guitar work, and as does Chuck uh, for decades. So. Uh, for me, it was a win-win situation, and it was a very seamless uh, change from uh, from what had happened previously. Okay, so uh, I, I want to ask you this, because you've had different vocalists come in after Kevin passed away, and mm-hmm. they they some fit, some didn't. Jizzy fits great. Uh, but how come you know when 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 Queen came back they and they couldn't replace Freddie they went Queen featuring Paul Rogers Queen featuring uh, Adam Lambert in a sort of a way of saying this is not Queen Queen this is Queen with this other guy why not Queen featuring James Durbin or Queen or, or sorry Quiet Riot featuring Sean Nichols why 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 have we stuck to just Quiet Riot and not done a featuring with. Um, Quiet Riot has been Quiet Riot since before I was involved with the band. Uh, and, and Randy Rhodes, hands down, is one of the greatest guitarists of our generation. They never called Quiet Riot featuring Randy Rhodes. Um, and when the band was, uh, was resurrected for the Metal Health record, um, as great and talented a uh, singer as Kevin Dubrow was, uh, the band wasn't called Choir Riot featuring Kevin Dubrow. And when I decided to, to move forward with Choir Riot again in 2010, uh, being the only Choir Riot member from, wasn't called Quiet Riot featuring Frankie Benelli. So there was no way that it was going to be anything other than Quiet Riot. Uh, it could never possibly, by any stretch of the imagination, be Choir Riot featuring James Durbin because he, he, he was born the same year Quiet Riot recorded the fourth album. He had nothing to do with any of the music that came before him. Um, so why feature him? Uh, it was never anything that was even remotely a possibility. And I will stand by that to the grave. Absolutely. Frankie, can I call you right back? There seems to be a woman that keeps cutting in on this conversation. So I just want to call you back and get a better line. Is that okay? Uh, I'll hang up and I'll wait for you to call again. Okay. Let me call right back. So as you can hear, that ends the first part of this phone conversation. And I do apologize to to you, the listener, for the little squelches and ups and downs. But what I took out, because I, I actually edited some of this, uh, there was this woman that kept coming into this conversation. So the lines must have been crossed or something. And it was it was maddening. Anyway, here is the second part of the interview with Frankie Benelli. And guess what? The audio was absolutely uh, stellar. It was uh, exactly what it should be. So again, apologies. Thank you for putting up with that. Um, I- I'm running the episode because I just didn't want to throw it all out and just go, well, too bad. Uh, given the circumstance, given that it's Frankie Benelli, a friend and stuff, you know, had it been some other uh, artist, I might have said, hey, publicist or hey, can we re-record this? But but this one to me has a sort of a sig- uh, historical significance and I just didn't want to completely and utterly just dismiss it and throw it out. So 
uh, thank you. If you're, if you're hearing me now, thank you, because that means you've, you've stuck with me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I do apologize for, for that. Uh, you know, when you do these interviews over the phone, you just never know. Sometimes it's hit and miss. Is the cell phone connection that the guy's calling on good, or are they on a Bluetooth? Is it a speakerphone? Is Skype working? Is my record? Listen, here we are, and here is Frankie Benelli. On three, two, one. Now, uh, of course, having said that, you did, of course, bring back uh, Jizzy Pearl. You did Quiet Riot 10 in 2014. The album was on uh, iTunes and stuff and has uh, disappeared. What's sort of the, the plan to re-release that or make it available, but also maybe get it on a physical product? Well, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Um I, I went back uh, uh, quite a few months ago, even before even before uh, I was aware that there was going to be a change in personnel once again. And I went back and listened to those tracks, and uh, and the six original songs uh, are really really strong. Um, so I'm not opposed to to re-releasing it, um, whether it will be a six EP uh, song set or whether it's going to be the six songs and maybe I'll add four other additional tracks to it um, that were not part of the original digital release. So there is a possibility of, of that coming out. I mean, I would definitely welcome it because I stand you know, behind the material, uh, the performances, the vocal performances, and, uh, and everything that had to do with that record. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, right now I'm just concentrating on the release uh of uh, Hollywood Cowboys November 8th and the video premiere on October uh, 25th. So it's it's definitely something uh, for consideration, but I would want it to be physical copies, and to do that, it has to be the right set of circumstances. Okay, fair enough. So let me ask you about the right set of circumstances, because after Rehab came out in 2006, which was a great record, right on the heels of, of Guilty Pleasures, another great record, in private conversations and in interviews, you, you sort of said, there's no point in putting out new music, nobody really buys it, it comes and goes, and then Quiet Riot 10 came off, and then it disappeared, and then, and by 2014, it was like, I'm done, we're, we're not making new music, and then we've had two new albums in the last couple of years, Road Rage and, and Hollywood Cowboys. What has changed in your mind where you said, okay, it's worth making worth a road rage and it's worth making Hollywood Cowboys. And sort of where, where did you change in your perception of I'm not going to do this. Nobody buys this stuff. Well, I had a complete different mindset when, when I started to look back at, at the, at the recorded history of quiet riot and how, uh, and how um, different condition critical was from metal health and how drastically different QR3 was from Condition Critical, uh, and so on, going into 1993's Terrified, 1995's Down to the Bone, uh, and then on to uh, Alive and Well, Guilty Pleasures, and the last record we did with Kevin, uh, Rehab in 2006. And I went back and remembered that one of the driving forces for Kevin and I, and especially after we got back together um, in 1991 and then released um uh 1993 we released the terrified record was that was a period of time when nobody cared about rock music certainly not quiet riot certainly not heavy metal but but the driving force to go in and record new music had everything to do with what kevin and i wanted to do which was to continue to write and progress 
and not just count on on the catalog. Yes, of course, we're going to play the catalog material because that's what people want to hear. And to a large degree, they want to, you know, relive a happier time in their lives in the 80s, which was a great decade for all of us. Um, But we wanted to continue to move forward, even if nobody was going to pay attention to the record or play it on the radio or review it. Um, So it was more of, of a personal commitment to continue to move forward. And that clicked into that clicked into my brain. And that's when I decided you know what, it's, it's irrelevant whether anybody likes it or not. I mean, you want people to like uh, the material that you write and the new records that you do, but you have to make it right for yourself first before you can put it out there and hope that anybody else is going to like it. Um, and, and it was a reversal, but it was a, a decision that I'm happy that I made. And, and listen, I'm happy you made it too. The last two albums have been great. So, all right, let me ask you this: uh, for a few months there in the summer, Quiet Riot went on and, and toured without you, including uh, playing heavy Montreal. You know, you've got this show on October 26th at the Whiskey. Depending on whether or not you feel up to it physically in 2020 whether you tour or not, is there a point where you think to yourself, if I have to retire, that Quiet Riot has to retire also? Or can the band go on without you and have Chuck and have Alex, who's been there for, what, 14 years, I guess it is, something like that? Um, That is correct. Does Quiet Riot, do you, maybe this is not the right word, but do you allow Quiet Riot to go on without you in 2021? Or do you say, listen, once I retire... This this band's gone. This band's retired. Well, let's let's first, you know, look at the more recent situation, which has been the touring cycle for 2019. Um, after I was diagnosed on April 17th, I was able to play one festival in Florida, and then the last live performance that I did uh, was at the M3 Festival, and mm-hmm. I think that was May 5th. Um, after that. You know the the stern advice from my oncologist and and the surgical team and and all my doctors was that you know getting on a plane was not an option uh, for me and especially with the treatments that I was doing both traditional and both in private clinics um, so I had a conscious decision to make I got in touch with with some of the promoters to explain to them the situation um, and with very few exceptions they were all very gracious about it. Um, I had a commitment, contractual commitment, to to have those shows work. Um, I had a commitment to the fans that had bought tickets or wanted to see Quiet Riot. But I also had a commitment to the guys in my band. You know, they have families, they have expenses. Uh, this is how they earn a living. So I was very conscious of that. And uh, and it wasn't trying to pull, you know, trying trying to pull a bait and switch or or any anything. Uh, uh, on the promoters and the buyers of the shows, because the last thing in the world I ever wanted was to miss any Quiet Rise shows. And my entire history, I had never missed a single Quiet Rise show until you know I was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, which is no joke, uh, and it's and it was a, a difficult pill to swallow. Uh, but at the same time, I, I kept my focus on on keeping Quiet Rise moving forward, uh, and we did so. Um, I'm happy to be able to play the show this Saturday, and and I think I'm going to get green lighted from uh, uh, from all the doctors to be able to do the last two shows that we have scheduled for this year, and then to continue with Choir Ride in 2020. 
uh, Quirai without Frankie Benoli in the future, um, only time will tell. I mean, I will tell you right now that I will continue and make every effort to, to continue playing live and recording with Quirai into the future uh, until they stick me in the ground because my position is it's best to do something positive while you're on this side of the ground than do absolutely nothing while you're under it. Um, and and if the fans uh, want to continue hearing those classic songs being performed by by you know respectable and competent musicians, uh, even if it's without me, uh, then that's then that's also a possibility. I mean, I I see no reason why not to continue it if the fans want it, uh, because the bottom line is the only reason Quiet Riot has been able to to continue doing this three and a half decades later is is because of the fans. If they don't want to see it, they don't come to the shows. The promoters aren't going to buy the shows. So it's it's really all up to the fans. It's not it's not ultimately it's it's my decision uh whether the band moves forward uh with or without me. But but at the end of the day, it's going to be if the fans accept it. Yeah, and, and, and the fans are sort of a double-edged sword, right? Because uh, you do have the fans that come out and enjoy hearing Jizzy and enjoy Chuck and you and all that. And then you've got this other set of fans that go, well, if Kevin's not there, it's not Quiet Riot. If Frankie's not there, it's not Quiet Riot. But they they do seem to forget that it that it is a business. And you're right. If, if the band is not out there or the brand is not out there, you know, Chuck can't pay for stuff. Al, you know, I mean, yes, they have money from other, but you know, people seem to forget that it's a job, right? You know, I I I don't really pay attention to to that criticism. I pay attention to the fans that come to the shows um, and and how much they enjoy the show, even if I wasn't involved in the situation. Uh, but I really don't don't pay any attention to that criticism because. You know, I've, I've heard, I've heard. You know, no Kevin DeBrow, no Quiet Riot, no Carlos Cavazzo, no Quiet Riot, no Rudy Sarso, no Quiet Riot, and I've also heard, you know, Frankie Benali is not an original member of Quiet Riot. To now, no Frankie Benali, no Quiet Riot. So I, I, you know, I just, I just treat everything as it, as it comes along. I don't pay attention to that kind of criticism. I pay attention to whether the fans come out and, and continue to support the band regardless. Um, I also don't, don't pay attention to the, you know, it's got to be the, the classic metal health lineup uh, because the classic metal health lineup lasted for two albums, Condition, Critical, and Metal Health. And then there was a change for QR3. And there was a change again for the fourth album. And there was a change again for Terrified. And there was a change again for Down to the Bone, on and on and on. Uh, so I really, I really pay attention to, to the fans that come to the shows and their feedback. And I don't pay attention to the critics because most of those people never like Quiet Riot, will never like Quiet Riot, regardless of what happened. I mean, I do remember that in the late 90s and the early 2000s, when, when the reunited mental health lineup um, came out, you know, after, after the first six months, uh, everybody just didn't care. It, it didn't matter that it was a mental health lineup anymore. So, you know, you can't, you can't please everybody, so just please yourself. You really, yeah, exactly. Okay, so let, let me let me go le- left field here and talk about mental health for a second. Uh, I just want to take sort of a historic perspective. Is how important was 
videos to you and and MTV to to the band because you know nowadays we we have YouTube and we have Spotify and it just sort of seems splintered everywhere where there's no focus from the fan base you know you can't just go in the old days you'd go to MTV or much music you would turn it on you would sit on the couch and you didn't have you know you had to get up to change the channel so you would just sit and watch all of this and you had a focus now now we don't we, it's just it's it's all over the place how how critical were, was that to you, sort of right time, right place? Well, it was very critical. I mean, first of all, you have to understand that, that Kevin and I thought that the mental health was a great record. We just didn't know or didn't think that anybody would agree with us. Um, so the people most surprised um, to the success of the mental health record was Kevin and I. Um, MTV and videos, which was a brand new thing at the time, uh, was very instrumental because what it did is for, for a band like Quiet Rock, every label known to man, every major label known to man passed on the band, uh, was not going to get into, into uh, Circus Magazine or Cream Magazine, certainly not Rolling Stone, but we were on MTV. So what it did is it gave an identity uh, to the band. I think it's one of the reasons why why people, you know, um, cite the, the classic mental health lineup, because that was the lineup that did most of the videos uh, for MTV, uh, and that's embedded in, 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 in the fans' DNA when it comes to Quiet Riot. Uh, but it was incredibly instrumental because it actually put a face on the band. We made a conscious decision not to have um, a band photo on the front cover uh, and instead, we had you know the 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 man in the metal mask, uh, but MTV actually put those four individuals uh, as the face of the band. So yeah, it was incredibly instrumental, and there weren't that many videos out at the time, so you got really good rotation. And as the metal health record continued to sell ridiculous amounts of units. I mean, at one point we were selling half a million units in a week. Um, it, it just brought it to a completely different level. It really did. And, I, and I'll say this, even though the, the mask is on the cover, I think having the mask in those videos also cemented that look for you or that, that logo or whatever you want to call it, because you look at Hollywood Cowboys now and you look at everything since except for that one album – it's had the mask, and I think if you didn't have MTV to drive that home, even though it was on the cover, I don't know if you'd have the mask on Hollywood Cowboys, right? Absolutely. I mean, well, I think it would still have the mask because that was that was a that was a personal decision we made, and and we wanted to be iconic, and ultimately it was. So I think the mask would still uh, be featured on every record, with the one exception. Um, but there's no question about the fact that that MTV. Uh, gave an identity to the band uh, through the mass and gave an identity to the band through through the four individuals in the band at the time. And and I do know that you have another interview scheduled in a couple of minutes, so I just wanted to say uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everything you've done for, for me and everything you've done for music. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll go all the way back, mental health. I mean, that that was the trigger. I mean, I was listening to... God Almighty, uh, you know Rod Stewart and Huey Lewis and whatever, and then that came out, and it was just like okay, so it was a game changer. So, so thank you for everything over the years, and and, and thank you for continuing to make music, and just uh, just merci. I mean, you know, just merci. Well, you, you know how I feel about you, Mitch. I mean, not not only are you a friend uh, of Quiet Riot, but you're a personal friend of mine, uh, which is why. 
you know, the two most recent statements I made, yesterday's statement and then uh, a previous one having to do with Quiet Riot, um, went directly through you because there's no one else in the business I trust as much as I trust you in a business where nobody trusts anybody. So I'm incredibly grateful to you not just for your support of Quiet Riot and, and, and not just for your support of me, but for a friendship that we've had for, for decades. And again, you know, nothing but love to you. And thank you very much for always being, you know, always having my back and being in my corner. Absolutely. And, and I will say this for, for folks that don't know. When my daughter Jada was born in 2003, the first person who sent a note and a gift wasn't mom, wasn't dad, wasn't... It was Frankie Benelli, a uh, little pink sweater, and uh, that, that's, <laughs> that still touches my heart, and that still means a lot, and, and uh, you know, anyway, anyway, I'm going to hang up before I start crying on air, but, uh, but, <laughs> but, but thank you. It's, it's, it's been a, a, a long ride, and uh, it, it's, we're only getting started. Well, thank you so much. Always, you know, uh, big love to you and your family. And uh, and I'm keeping uh, your your father in my thoughts and prayers as well. Yes, thank you, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. Ha, huh, merci. Thank you, yeah, sir. Go 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 do the next one. Cheers. Thank you. All right. God bless, my friend. Thank you, you so much. Absolutely. Bye bye now. You're listening to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk. 